0: Hi, this is Mark Rathbone with my Save Our Soil audio blog. Tonight I'm going to be talking about uh, irrigation, how much you need on a farm. So if you have a farm or thinking about buying one uh, or setting up a small market garden, this might be of interest to you. tonight I thought I'd talk a little bit about irrigation. Uh, The purpose of this audio blog is really just to document what I do on the farm and I get a lot of people asking questions about different things and when I get a question I try and take care of it here. Some people have asked me in the past you know how to battle with 45 degree days lately we've had three consecutive days over 45 and um, I thought I'd touch base as to what I do in those situations uh, how much irrigation do you need well I feel that you have should have more than enough uh, to cover all your needs even when you get a um, 30% allocation of your water right where we live we live in northern Victoria we have irrigation out of a, a um, lake called Lake Waranga which is fed by the Gold River and we have channels coming to our property and then we have electronic doors which open up and send the water to our property then we pump from a channel. And I also have a bore as well. So from the channel system I have uh, 50 million litres allocation but um, sometimes we only get half that. And then from the bore I get um, about 30 million litres. Now, that's a megalitre, a megaliter is a million litres, so just to give you an idea of how much water that is, that would fill a 50-meter swimming pool of about two meters deep, so it's quite a lot of water. Um, one of the reasons I went to uh, vegetable farming in the first place is dairy farming takes up a lot of water to grow a lot of grass for the cows. So it's not very efficient use of water, I don't think. Um, In the 50s and 60s, my great grandfather uh, farmed here and we did dairy farming and also my father. And it used to rain a lot. Uh, There's a lot of depressions in the land that I have now, which was my father's farm. And the swamps were always full in the 50s and 60s. There was frogs and tadpoles everywhere. I remember as a kid catching those tadpoles and since about 1995 they haven't filled up so i don't know if it's a sign of things drying up or it's just a cycle that we're going through but anyway it's much drier than we have had in the past so in order to make myself drought proof i got a government grant to build a bore and uh, so we take water from seven meters under the ground and it gives me about uh, I can take up to about 50 megalitres, but I usually take about five. And then we have our water right of 50 million litres or 50 megalitres. And again, I only use about five of it. So 10 megalitres in total, but I have, um, you know, about 80 access. So even if our allocations are only 30% of what we should get, I still have more than enough water to run my vegetable farm. So uh, I pretty much have made myself drought proof, even in a, a drought recently, we've had 20% allocations and I've still had enough water. Um, so I think that's a good guide to, uh, if you're buying a farm, if it's just got one dam and it's not fed by something more prominent than a river or a, a lake, then I think you should look into either a bore or some sort of um, more permanent water system you just cannot rely on the rain in Australia anymore I got a government grant to to put the bore in it cost $40,000 but the government are quite good uh, as far as irrigation and water resources are concerned and there's in the drought there was quite a few around I don't know what's around now but it's certainly worth looking into that bore basically cost me $600 and the government paid for the rest which is really nice but I'm using um, groundwater which is keeping the salt levels down so it's a win-win situation. I use dripper tubes on my vegetable farm because I find they're more efficient and they uh, also limit weeds. So if you can imagine the dripper tubes going out onto the bed uh, every foot or so there's a opening where the drips come out and we put our seed or our plant right on the dripper line And it waters under the canopy of the plant so the plant is getting a direct feed of water and i can put it out at two liters an hour so i know exactly how much to put on each plant as the plant grows bigger we can water longer and longer so that drip mark can be always under the canopy and not showing weeds because if you use sprinklers quite frankly in a warm environment like we've got uh you get weeds everywhere and you're constantly weeding and it's um taking up all your time. So that's my thoughts on it anyway. Um, I've seen people buy farms uh, in the dry areas where there's a big dam and they bought the um, property in spring and the dam's been full and then they get into a drought situation and all of a sudden the dam's empty. So if you are thinking of purchasing a property, make sure you have a dam, but also some sort of permanent feed to that dam like a bore or a river because it's very important that that happens because inevitably you're going to run into a dry situation of course this also relates to what you're growing and how much water you need but i reckon you need at least three times the amount of water that you need or have the ability to access that water um i think that's about all i wanted to share At the moment, we're experiencing 40 degree days. I'm pumping about eight hours a day because for tripper tubes, you can't just stick it on like a sprinkler, a heap of water at one time. So you have to think a few days in advance. So if I know 40 degrees is coming up, I will water probably two days solid prior to um, the 40 degrees coming. So then I um, fill up the rows full of water. uh, So they're soft and moist. And then if I need to top up in the morning and the evening, uh, I do so just so that they've got some free water. It's good to have the soil wet, but it's also good, I think, for some water to be freshly on so that taproots can access it quite easily. Um, We've been pumping eight hours a day, which is 16 liters per plant per day. And some of the bigger plants uh, still need a bit more, but the small plants they're sort of out enough and we turn them off. So I tend to have each row I grow, um, being a farmer's market operation, we only grow in rows. So I tend to only have uh, a tap on each row and then I can um, turn it off and on as I please. I go around each day checking the moisture levels and if I think a row needs a bit more then I can turn the tap on. If I think it's had enough then I can turn uh, a tap off and all the other rows are going. So currently we have about a um, hundred rows of stuff going they're 75 meters long so we can fit about and there's a, a, a dripper every foot so we can fit about 200 plants per row which now the crop can be down to a hundred as well anyway um, I just thought I'd cover the irrigation thing and I hope it helps some people so um, if you want to find out more or you have any questions, you can email me at saveoursoil59 at gmail.com and uh, I'll answer any questions that you might have. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. And uh, if you uh, like what you hear and you want to hear more, then please uh, uh, become a subscriber on Podbean. Uh, I do see that subscribers that have come, we've got, had a few of late, which is great and um please uh, you can um hit me up on instagram at save our soil and uh i'm also save our soil on twitter and there's one on facebook as well um we intend to do more podcasts and also get some guests on but at this stage i'm so busy with the summer crops uh, we've got watermelons pumpkins sweet potatoes uh rock melons heaps of things going on and I'm so busy I only get to do a podcast when I've got time so hopefully we'll do more as time goes on anyway that's all for this evening so thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon bye